Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. Our confession of faith. We're going to get right into the word tonight. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message that I am about to receive. Hallelujah. Remain standing. Go to back to Haggai chapter 1. I'm going to do part 2 tonight of where we were on Sunday because we need to go back to that. Haggai chapter 1, verse number 2. When you have it, say, Bishop, I got it. I got it. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. All right, that's cool. I'll wait for you. Haggai chapter number 1 tonight. Uh, I believe tonight we're going to go deeper. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I am, I am more and more convinced of the power of reminders than I am the power of uh, even revelation uh, because revelation is only revelation to a person who perceives that it's being revealed and so many times uh, God is speaking and you sitting up there saying God what you saying all right all right uh, Mr. what are you trying to say so often people are looking for something new and something fresh and yet the same message keeps getting repeated to you and you're saying God but what's the new thing and God says I have nothing new to say until you do what I said Haggai chapter 1 verse 2 thus speaks of the Lord of hosts this people says the time has not come the time that the Lord's house should be built so the people are telling God God we're not going to be bothered with your stuff right now we're going to do our own thing right now and God when I'm ready to serve you I'll serve you but if I and if I do serve you I'll serve you on my terms so I'll serve you when it feels good for me I'll serve you when it's comfortable for me in fact God I'll serve you when I'm going through something but uh uh 
and I'll come back to church when I'm going through something, and, and, and I'll be real faithful when I'm going through something. But God, the very thing uh, that you deliver me from, uh, uh, when it looks like that's going to work again, I'm going to quit you and go back to that. Chapter 3, or verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, next verse, It is time, or is it rather, time, he asked a question, for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins. Verse 5, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, that means the Lord who fights for you. Say, God fights for me. Come on, talk Wednesday. Say, God fights for me. Uh, all right, now, now here's the thing. If he fights for you, you got to make sure that you're not doing everything you can to fight against him. Napoleon has a saying that is so powerful. Uh, 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 Napoleon said, never interfere with an enemy when they're in the process of destroying themselves. Amen. That's why God says, don't worry about getting even with folk, because if you just let them do their thing, they're going to find a way to self-destruct. Does the neighbor say, I'm not even trying to get even. Now, stop trying to post a Facebook to counter the Facebook that they posted on. You ain't got to do all that. They are going to self-destruct because every Judas finds a way to hang themselves. Look at it. He said, now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Verse 6. Look at the name and say, consider your ways. Uh, verse 6, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You close yourselves, but no one's warm. You earn wages, and you earn those wages to put it in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Do what? Say it to me. I don't hear you. Say what? Verse 8, go up to the mountains and bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in and be glorified, says the Lord. Verse 9, you looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Now, you need to look at me real good right here. Whatever you exchange God for. And whatever you exchange your faithfulness to God for. Now, this is Wednesday night, so I, I, I'm, I'm presupposing a bit of spiritual maturity here. Whatever you exchange God for, you need to understand that eventually he's going to blow it away. So I, I know you, you, you stopped really being faithful to God because you started putting all of your energy in that relationship. But what I need to tell you is, is that he will blow it away. I, okay, okay, all right, all right. Look, this is the Lord saying, he's saying, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord, who does what for us? Fights for us. That's what the phrase Lord of hosts means. Because of my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to your own house. He says, you're handling your business, but you're not handling my business. Verse 10, uh, therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and on the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock and all the labor of your hands. Father, tonight, speak to us in a profound way. Lord, this is not designed to beat us down. This is designed to do quite the opposite. It's designed to properly align us. Uh, sometimes, Father, just like a person has to go to the chiropractor so that their body can function and flow properly, sometimes we just need spiritual alignment so that we can flow and function and move in what you've ordained properly. So we thank you for your word tonight. We just thank you that you're going to speak to us. Taylor, make this word, God, for us, Father. We thank you that you're so awesome that you could take the words of a human being and take those words and, and uh, allow them to speak to the poignancy and the uh, situations and the vicissitudes of life that we face. We thank you and we honor you for it now in Jesus' name. Would you just shout hallelujah? hallelujah. 
Look at your neighbor and say, it's, you're gonna, it's gonna be good for you tonight. It's gonna be good for you tonight. You can be seated. Of course, you know on the weekends, we're in our summer concert series. And in the summer concert series, we've been taking some popular and well-known songs in our culture and extracting principles from them that we uh, use to improve our lives. Now, uh, you know, this weekend, we did the song, School's Out for Summer. Say it with me. Uh, now, now this uh, message uh, during um, this midweek experience, we're going to go a bit more in depth. I told you in the weekend that this song reached number seven on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number five in Germany, number three in Canada, and number one uh, in the U.S. And I said this to you that the issue with this song is that it highlights the subconscious mindset of many people. Uh, the song is lauding not just the end of the school year, but the end of school period. In fact, the song says uh, the school blows up. Uh, uh, embedded in the song, there is a disdain for the teacher as if the teacher was the enemy. Uh, but the whole concept of Christianity is totally antithetical to this song uh, because the whole concept of Christianity is that you're a disciple. And the word disciple means disciplined student. Say disciplined student. Uh, it did not say, go ye into all the world and make church members, which is, that's good, but he didn't say make those. He didn't go into the, he'd say, go into the world and make, uh, uh, make church attenders. That's good, but he didn't say make those. He said, go and make disciplined students. You, you know the difference between a disciplined student and an undisciplined student. The disciplined student makes sure that they're there on time because they want to make sure that they can receive. Uh, if you remember coming up in high school or college or what have you, you could see the difference between the disciplined students and the undisciplined students. It was not necessarily necessarily in their appearance, but it was certainly in their production. You didn't hear what I said. Uh, sometimes a disciplined student may not look like they're intelligent, may not look uh, like they are studious, but when you look at those grades, you can say you got some fruit to show that you are a disciplined student. Touch your neighbor say you're a disciplined student. So Jesus said the whole goal is to make us disciplined students, which means then uh, uh, you cannot, please understand, you cannot approach Christianity as if it's a what's in it for me kind of a thing. We cannot approach Christianity thinking this. We cannot say, God, well, what are you going to, uh, God, what are you going to do for me? And, and, and God, well, it's about me being happy. Okay, I, I'm going to spend a couple of minutes here. Listen, can I, can I tell you something about human behavior? Every step you make will be a step away from what you perceive to be painful. That's human behavior. That's natural human behavior. The problem is, is that in spiritual maturity, sometimes you've got to walk through pain. And so now, if you then take a step away from pain, you may be happy for a moment. The problem is, is then that pain is going, because watch this, understand this. Uh, the Bible gives a very powerful principle in, Psalm, in the 23rd Psalm. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which means we don't stay in valleys, we walk through valleys. The issue is, is most of us don't want to go into a valley because of the pain that's in the valley. Because in the valley, you know what they are? They're snakes. Oh, it's real quiet right here. Uh, you know, in the valley, you know where there are? There are people that said they'd be for you forever to only discover that forever was a few months. Uh, forever was until you didn't say something that they liked. I wish I had somebody here. Uh, and so in the middle of that valley now, you've got pain. Somebody say pain. The issue is, is our natural human proclivity is to do whatever we can to take steps away from pain, not understanding that when you take a step away from pain, you stop walking through the valley and now you get stable in the valley. So it looks like nothing bad is going on, but you don't understand you're stuck while you're bleeding. 
And the best thing you can do when you're bleeding is make it through the rest of the pain so that you can get to the other side so you can be healed. But what too many of us want to do is say, I don't want no more pain, but you don't understand you're stuck in the valley with an open wound. And while you're stuck in the valley with an open wound, if you don't keep walking through that valley, you're going to bleed to death at the beginning of a thing when all you have to do is take a few more steps forward to get to the end of the thing. I wish... Touch your neighbor and say, I can take it. I can take it. You can only grow to the tolerance of pain that you have. Everybody wants the big stage, but do you understand the pain that requires? Everybody wants to do great things in life, but do you understand the pain that that requires? Everybody wants a great marriage. Do you understand the pain that requires? You want great children. Do you understand the pain that that requires? Well, I says, but as Christians, excuse me, as human beings, it's all, I just want to be happy. I just, I just want to have peace. Okay, can I tell you something? So, so then you make decisions that you think are going to make you happy. You make decisions that you think are going to bring you peace. The issue is, is watch this, watch this, listen very carefully. The scripture says, he gives you peace. Which means sometimes what I got to do is not going to make me happy. Sometimes what I got to do is not going to make me feel like I'm having peace. But I got to do it because I'm not trying to get peace from the circumstance. I'm getting peace from the God of the circumstance. Which means even if I got to walk him to a pit full of snakes, I rest assured that he ain't going to let him bite me. Even if I got to walk him to the lion's den, I rest assured that the lions aren't there to eat me. They're there to protect me. I wish I had somebody in here that understood that serving Jesus every day is not going to be easy. Every day is not going to be sunshine. Oh, but when you got Jesus, your best, your worst day with Jesus is greater than your best day without him. Watch this. Watch this. So human behavior says, I want to be happy. I, I want peace. <laughs> Here's the issue with that. Here's the issue with that. Here's the issue with that. Being a Christian means we surrender what we want for what he wants. Now, when I hold up my iPad, I'm talking about the Bible. So don't be thinking about, I almost been having an iPad. No. Now, now. Look at your neighbor, and I want you to look at him real strong, like, I mean, like you mad at him. And you might be, so it might be easy to do that. <laughs> Say, this is not about, is not about what, you want. what you want. Now, I know what some of you think about Bishop. Doesn't the Bible say that he'll give me the desires of my heart? You didn't read the first part of the verse. So while you're not inaccurate, you are certainly incomplete. The verse you're referring to, Psalm 37, 4 says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Which means, watch this, when the kingdom's first in my life, he'll make sure that everything that I... And the reason he makes sure is because since the kingdom's first, my wants will be what he wants. You missed what I just said. When he's first, then your wants will be what he wants. So he doesn't have an issue with what you want because it's what he wanted in the first place. Okay, it's real quiet in here. I need to say it again. 
when the kingdom's first, he don't have a problem with what you want because you will have died to your will to the point to where what you want is what he wants. And so since he got what you want and you got what he wants, y'all can get what y'all want. I wish I had somebody here. I wish I had somebody here. So now look at this. Look at this, though. Look at this, though. The heart, the heart of that song, School's Out for Summer, it promoted the popular subconscious mindset of people today. Rebellion and a lack of honor. And so I said to you on Sunday, what the song really should be saying is, you're out of now here's the problem when you're out of order. You, you've been, you've been, I, I was traveling not too long ago, and uh, it was late in the evening, and, uh, and, and I wanted some water. And, uh, and, and I wanted some water, and so I said, okay, well, I'm going to go to the vending machine. I was in the hotel, so I'm going to the vending machine, and I'm going to get me some water. And uh, I went to the vending machine on my floor to get me some water. Here's the problem. The machine was out of order. Beautiful machine. And it looked like it should have had what I needed from it. But it was out of order. So even though I put my money in there and it took my money, I clicked the button, it says out of order. Now, it would have been a real scene had when I put, give me my money back, I didn't get my money back. So just so we clear, it did give me my money back. Here's the problem though, watch this, watch this. Uh, I don't remember what floor I was on, but, but let's just suffice it to say for the sake of the story, the fifth floor, I don't remember what floor I was on. I think the hotel had like, you know, uh, 10 or 11 floors or something like that. So I go to the first floor. I say, okay, well, they, it'll be good. Out of order. Second floor, out of order. Next 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 floor, out of order. I had to get all the way to, to, to the very bottom of the building to find a machine that was in order. You, you missing what I'm saying? But all of the machines I went to were full of drinks. They just couldn't produce it. You're full of dreams. You're full of visions, you're full of goals and desires, but there's something that happens to you when you're out of order to where when God's trying to push the button to get something out of you, nothing comes out of you because the machine is out of order. So it took me about a half hour to get some water. And then when I got the water, I discovered that it was the nasty kind of water. The water that tastes like they made it in, in the factory right next to the soda. Here's the point, here's the point, here's the point. That's how many people live like today. Like school is out. And they despise order. Can I tell you something? It is as if God plays the numbers. You know God plays the numbers. Did, did you know that? Tell your neighbor, say God plays the numbers. God loves numbers. In fact, he wrote a whole book about numbers. 
which was titled because of the number of census that they completed throughout that book. But it's interesting because there's this thing called biblical numerology. Biblical numerology is very interesting because different numbers throughout the scripture have different spiritual meanings. Are you still here? So you look at the number 40. That means wilderness or testing. Uh, you look at the number uh, three, uh, you, you see this uh, particular reference as it relates to how God manifests himself. You looked at the number one, uh, you see unity. You look uh, at the number five, you see grace and favor and the anointing. Uh, but it's interesting uh, when you look at the number 12 because you see governmental perfection. Uh, but it's interesting when you get to the number after 12. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, in case you didn't know, the year that we're in is called the year 20. Now, uh, at the beginning of the year, I announced that there were four things that this year was going to represent for our house um, to, to align us with what God wanted to do for us. Say for us. Now, but understand this. The number 13 is interesting because it says if God plays the numbers... It is as if God has given us the ability to glimpse into the future by looking at how he's operated in the past. Because you know what the number 13 means? Rebellion. Apostasy. What's that? Falling away. Okay, let me help your neighbor. Have you looked around at your life lately? Have you looked around at some of the folk that you thought would be in your life for at least longer than that? But all of a sudden, something shifted and happened when 2013 hit. He played the numbers. I'm going to help you understand something. Can I take, can I take you another further? Because this is Wednesday night. I want to take you another further. So when you look at the number 13, you see 12 and 1. Moses... In Numbers chapter 13, had 12 spies, 12 leaders. And out of those 12 leaders, when you add Moses, you have the number 13. Now, out of those 12 leaders, 10 of them, are uh, they go to spy out the promised land. Say promised land. Promise. Stay with me. I'm going to bless you real good. They go to spy out the promised land. As they go to spy out the promised land, they come back. Uh, 10 of them have a negative report saying, we can't take this land. Now, here's the trip. When Moses sent them, he said, God already gave it to us. I'm sending you there so we can get a strategy on how to take it. Watch this. I'm not sending you to tell me if we can. I'm sending you to tell me how we will. Oh, God, I wish I had somebody here. You got too many folk in your life that are answering questions you didn't answer. And you ought to start listening to them because you sit up and act surprised when they betray you. But if you had listened to them the whole time, who asked them the question that they answered? Why are they talking about how committed they are to you and nobody asked them about that? Y'all ain't going to hear what I'm saying. Why are they talking about how much they love you and ain't nobody asked that? When people start answering questions you didn't ask, you better figure out who's asking it. I'll never leave you. Well, ain't nobody been talking about that, so what are you talking about? God, I wish I had somebody here. I'm pregnant with something tonight for myself. I got to preach this thing for myself. So if don't nobody in here get nothing tonight, my God, I'm going to get something for myself. They answered a question nobody asked. Moses did not say, can we do it? He said, God's given us the promised land. What's that mean for you and I today, the promised life? But just follow the principle I'm trying to make to you. He said, I've given you, I've given you the land. Send the spies to figure out 
how we're going to do it. They come back and they give a report. There's giants in the land. We can't do this. We're not going to be able to handle this. We're not going to be able to, to take this. We're not. Do you see the land and, and it, it devours its inhabitants? And, God, and Moses is in there saying, what is it that you're talking about? Ain't nobody in here talking about that. God gave it to us. And you sitting up here talking about how we can't do it. You're answering a question I did not ask. I'm, you're going to get the principle in just a minute. You're going to get the principle in just a minute. You're going to get the principle in just a minute. Then they go on to say, well, listen, uh, the, the, the inhabitants of that land, they're, they're big. They're giants. They're descendants of Anak. They're, 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 they're giants. They're Nephilim. Uh, 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 they're, they're big guys. And we don't think we're going to be able to do it. And the Bible says, they said this. Listen to how they talk. We are grasshoppers in our own sight. Listen to what they said. And so we are in their sight. Which, which means, watch the translation. Your enemies see you how you see you. Which is why if Satan wants to defeat you, you say, the devil trying to attack my body. No, 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 baby, no, no, no. What he wants you to do is to get a misperceived identity. Because if you don't know who you are, you'll allow anything. If you don't know that you're a cow, you'll walk around clucking. You're not hearing what I'm saying. When you don't know who you are, you will allow and tolerate anything in your life. So the last thing he wants you to do is to be in a place where you can get identity. Because if you figure out who you are, it will automatically change what you do. I don't have to lay a hand on a cow and say, come out, spirit of the chicken. It knows what it is. Say, I know who I am. Uh huh. You know who you are? You're the head and not the tail. And I know you feel like the tail, but can I tell you what that means? Uh, that ain't real hard for God. If you feel like you're the tail, all it takes is God one little turnaround, and all of a sudden you're at the head. I, I know you don't feel like you're above, but baby, sometimes the way up is down. I, I know you feel like you're losing, but sometimes God has to subtract to add, and sometimes he has to divide to multiply. I know what it feels like, but you're answering a question nobody asked you. Watch this. Watch this. They said we're grasshoppers in our own sight. The Bible calls their report evil. The word evil in Hebrew uh, means contrary to. Okay, check this out. Only two of them had a good report. Y'all still with me? I'll get to the message in a moment. I'm just trying to give you a little something here. Uh, only two of them had a good report, Joshua and Caleb. Now, check this out. This is very interesting. Uh, the two of them got angry at the people, and they got angry at the ten spies to the point where it said they started tearing their clothes. They were like, listen, we can do this. We can do this. Uh, they had all these issues. Notice the number, 12 plus Moses, 13. In Numbers chapter 13, God played the numbers. It is in Deuteronomy chapter 13 where the Bible talks about apostasy. People falling away and people, watch this, who you think are for you, you can read the chapter on your own time. It talks about how they will try to tempt you. Do I have time? Okay, flip to Deuteronomy 13 real quick. Deuteronomy 13. Somebody said God plays the numbers. Now, I'm just throwing this in here, and then we're going to get to the message. I'm just throwing this in here. This is not counting against my preaching time. <laughs> All right, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 13. Uh, you got it? Now, 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 now check this out. 
Let me get there. Okay. Now look down in, in, in verse number six. Look at this. If your brother, the son of your mother, your son or your daughter, the wife of your bosom, or your friend who is as your own soul, look at this, secretly entices you saying, let's go and do something else. Let's not keep God first. Let's not keep the kingdom first. Huh. Which you have not known, neither you nor fathers, or the gods of the people which are around you, near to far off from you, one to the end of the earth to the earth. You shall not consent to him, listen, or listen to him. Nor shall your eye pity him, nor shall you spare him, check this out, and nor shall you conceal him. <laughs> That's just how so-and-so is. You know why they're that way? Because you, the one who's supposed to tell them you ain't right, well, I don't want to offend nobody. So you'll let them offend you and offend your God and offend your man of God, but you ain't got no problem. Look at what verse 10 says. Or, or put it back on 9, I apologize. Verse 9. Here's what it says. But you should kill him. Now, Gander Mountain is closed. <laughs> Some of y'all don't even know what that is. They sell weapons. <laughs> Your hand shall be first against him to put him to death, and afterward the hand of all the people. Now, how does this translate into modern times? Mod uh, kill means you shall diminish their influence is what it means. Okay, so, so what that says is, is, is listen, uh, 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 what, what it's saying is, it, it, is God is saying, listen, when you find out that folks are trying to come against what you know to be right, you then diminish their influence. Because if God wants to bless you, he sends it on two legs. If Satan wants to get you to curse yourself, he sends it on two legs. And you'll sit up here saying, hmm, that makes sense. But Rebellion always makes sense when it's hard. Rebellion always makes sense. Check this out. If it makes your flesh happy. But, but, but go, uh, if, if you just look in your Bible, uh, for those of you who have Bible, look, look, at, look at right at the beginning of the chapter. Some of you that have he chapter headings. What, what is it called, the name of the chapter? Punishment for apostates. Falling away. Rebellion. God played the numbers. So now here it is. Let me give you this 13th thing and then we got to move to the message. Jesus, New Testament. He's got 12 disciples who become apostles. Those 12 become ruling apostles, which means they occupy the office of the bishopric. We learned that from Acts chapter 1. So they are ruling apostles. Now check this out. Check this out. It is now Jesus who is getting ready to be betrayed by Judas, who had been, watch this, stealing from him the whole time he had been with him. But see, what do you mean? The Bible says that Judas was Jesus' treasurer. He held the money box, the Bible says. And you remember when uh, the woman came and she uh, had offered the fragrant perfume and she put it all over Jesus' feet? The Bible says that Judas looked at that and said, she wasted all that money. We could have spent that on feeding the poor. 
And then the Bible records, but Judas was just saying that because he didn't care about the poor because he held the money box and he was stealing. He was trying to figure out what he could have got with the money. Bishop, what are you trying to say? 13, since God plays the numbers, is when the people who have been acting in your life finally can't act no more. The real them finally... All right. Y'all should have told the church right there. Say God plays the numbers. Say again. Say God plays the numbers. All right. Now, why are you telling us all that, Bishop? I, I told you all that for this reason. Is that this song highlights this mentality in our culture of rebellion, of disorder, apostasy, falling away from what you know to be right. Isn't it amazing? how you can know something's right and it gets you to the place you were trying to go and then stop doing it and then wonder why you have the issues you have. See, what you don't understand is the reason you were able to get that great blessing is because of how faithful you were to God. And now that you got the blessing, all of a sudden now you stop being faithful to God. But it was your faithfulness to God that got the blessing in the first place. I'm going to tell it like a T.I. is. If you don't like it, I suggest you take it up with Jesus. Now, 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 why would you give us that 13, Bishop? Because I, I, wanted, I wanted you to see something. Um, because I'm the kind of person, I don't know, maybe you like me. I'm the kind of person where I say, God, okay, I can deal with it. I would just really like to know why. Anybody else like that? It's like, okay, God, listen, okay, okay, I got to deal with that. But can you just tell me why, though? Now, you don't have to. Come on, can I, can I be honest now? Don't y'all look at me with that tone of face. I, I'm like, okay, God, I, okay, cool. I got to go through that. I got to deal with that. Okay, but can, can, just please, sir, can I just know why? Because the why gives me the ability to go through the what. Because if I know at the end of this thing, I know I'm going to win no matter what, but I just want to know how big a win I'm going to have. So if you wouldn't mind, if you can, please just tell me why. Tell me why. Anybody else like that? I'm like, God, I didn't even know why. And, and, and so some, some different things was taking place and all this. I just said, okay, God, I just, can you just tell me why? <laughs> and if you just tell me why, then I'm cool with it. I just need to know why. And, and he said, son, understand this. Understand this. Understand that uh, the, 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 can I give you one more thing with this 13? Okay, one more thing with this 13 and then we're going to do it. Um, Joshua is told, go to Jericho. I want you to march around the city for six days, one time a day. On the seventh day, march around it seven times. You're good at math, aren't you? Six and seven, 13. Somebody says, Bishop, what, what's the difference of that? Because I, I don't want you to get overly spooky with numbers, okay? So don't go home and say, oh my God, my milk expires on the 13th. This is a rebellious milk. <laughs> Come out, devil. Come out of this building. Okay. Let me go and spook it. I just want you to see something real quick. I want you to see something. I want you to see something. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, 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 uh. He says, march around six days, once a day. On the seventh day, do it seven times. Then blow uh, the shofar, blow the trumpets, and then the walls are going to come down. Now, what's interesting, when I read the story in, jo in Joshua chapter 16, we didn't even know what time. When I read the story, what's interesting about the story 
is, is say God plays the numbers. God is always very significant, very strategic, very specific. He doesn't do anything on accident because that would make it coincidental. And he didn't even write a word coincidental. We made that word. In the Hebrew language, there is no word for coincidence. Which means humans wrote that word to describe what they could not explain. Coincidence, coincide, co-happening with. As if God was somehow shocked and surprised. Can I make an announcement to you? I know there's some of you that saying, oh my God, whoo, that caught me off guard. Can I make an announcement? It didn't catch him off guard. It didn't catch him off guard because he said, listen, before it even made its way to you, I had already planned the end of that thing before the beginning of it ever made its way to you. Since I am the Alpha and the Omega, I start at Omega and walk my way back to Alpha. That's why when you have what they call deja vu in your life, it is when him walking back from Omega and you walking forward from Alpha intersect. Are you still here? And that's why sometimes you say, I feel like I've been here before. Anybody feel like that? Feel like, feel like that happened before. You know why? Because your spirit, I feel like preaching. Your spirit in Jeremiah chapter 1, before he formed you, he knew you in your mother's womb. Before you got in your mama's womb, you were with God. And he sent you here for such a time as this on assignment. That's why you couldn't have been born in any other year. You couldn't have been born at any other time. You couldn't have been aborted. Bishop, why? Because God sent you here and said, I need you to accomplish something for me in the earth. And so when you feel like you've been here before, it's because your spirit has already experienced this thing before. Your body now is just enjoying the experience that your spirit has already had. That's why you find the inner strength to say, I don't know how I'm making it through this, but I'm making it. I don't know how I'm getting through this. You ever look back on your life and said, I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. I don't know how I did that, but I did it. You know why? Because your spirit had already conquered it for you. Now, somebody said, Bishop, so they walked around the walls 13 times. Watch this. They circled something from the outside looking in 13 times. Okay. God, I, I thought y'all would have got it faster than that. For 13 times, they circled something. Doesn't even say God plays the numbers. For 13 times, they circled something. Now, he said, what's the significance of that? I want to submit to you uh, that perhaps the reason they circled it that many times uh, was not just so God could watch them walk around some walls. Perhaps the reason they walked around it that many times was so that the people who couldn't last wouldn't have got to experience what was inside them walls. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Maybe it's that God let those people fall away from you because they couldn't last. And God said, I waited to the 13th year to show you because I didn't want them enjoying what it was that they couldn't last for. Maybe it wasn't that God was trying to keep something in there away from them. Maybe he was trying to keep something in there away from them that could not last. Oh, but I believe there's some people in this place tonight that say, Bishop, I got something in my spirit that makes me like Jeremiah. Every time I want to quit, I'm like the Energizer Bunny. I just keep going and going. And, and every time it looks like I'm knocked out down for the count, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here I come popping back up. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world greater is he that is in me than he that's out there 
the message. The text tells us to consider our ways. Now, now, here's, here's something you need to understand. Is rebellion always has a crowd. Because <laughs> average likes to follow average. Rebellion normally has a crowd. And you got to be careful uh, with crowds. Watch this. If somebody was to get up and start running in here right now. Now, let me take a page from the Kings of Comedy. Watch this. If I was to just run out of here right now. Well, if Bishop running, I don't know. I mean, I'm running too. Well, where are we running from? I don't know, but we'll have a meeting once we get outside. But right now it's the time to meet. Right now it's time to run. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. And that's what Satan will try to do to you. He'll try to get you to fall in with the crowd when you're supposed to be the one leading the crowd to righteousness and to right. Now, text says, consider your ways. Now, now, now look at this. I said this to you, and I'm going to go into a little bit more detail and we're through. I gave you three things in part one. First thing was, was that rebellion is expensive. Say rebellion, rebellion. is expensive. Now, remember the definition of rebellion is opposition to one in authority or an established order. What's the established order of God? His word. You understand that? Now, you can't make his word say what you want it to say correctly. Now, you can make it say what you want it to say incorrectly, but he's not obligated to make it happen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Because we all fall short. We all make mistakes. We all sin. You understand? Look at the neighbor and say, you too. You speaking in, in good Christian talk tonight. But I know when something happened to you early today. Y'all going to look at it? Y'all going to do it like that? Y'all going to do it like that? Can we be honest? And maybe that's not your testimony. Maybe you just got angry. But the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Why? Because anger is always one letter away from danger. Anger itself is not a sin, but the emotions that it will produce are. Anger is a signal emotion. When you're angry, it's, it's, it's not the anger that's the issue. The anger is pointing to something else. So whenever you see anger, anger is a sign pointing at something else. So you're angry, but the reason you're angry is because you feel like they take you for granted. You're angry, but the reason you're angry is because you feel like you're talking to a dead wall. You're, you're angry, but the reason you're angry is because you're saying, I put all this time and invested into you and helping you, and then you still don't get it? I can't imagine how Jesus felt. That he had these guys with him all day, every day, for three and a half years. And when he needed them the most, the three he gave the most to, Shaka Bashita, preach to yourself, Bishop. Where's a mirror? <laughs> the ones he poured the most into? <laughs> he goes up. He's going and he's praying because he's getting ready to be crucified. He's getting ready to be betrayed. And he takes the three, Peter, James, and John, the three that he gives the most to. And he says, y'all come pray with me for an hour. An hour. I've given you three and a half years of everything I got. And he's God. 
You don't get a better pastor, a better leader, a better bishop, a better what? You don't get a better. Holy Father, you don't get a better one. You understand what I'm saying? And he goes and he comes back and he looks at me and says, y'all couldn't even pray me for an hour? What was he saying? When I needed you the most, you had amnesia. And you forgot, Peter, that I'm the one that healed your mother-in-law. He said, how you forget what I've done for you? I just asked you to pray with me for an hour. You couldn't even stay up for an hour? You mean to tell me you saw the, you saw the fig tree? You could go got you some figs and stayed up. I can't, I can't imagine. Uh, I take that back. I can't. That's not true. I can't. Uh, but, but here's the point, though. The issue with rebellion, the issue with crowd, the, 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 the issue uh, with mistakes is, is this, is we all make mistakes. So we're not talking about being perfect when we talk about rebellion. Get this thing out of your mind that you have to be perfect, okay? What we are talking about is being faithful to the right thing, okay, that's important. Say faithful, faithful. to the right thing. What I've discovered about many people is many people are faithful to all the wrong things, and unfaithful to all the right things. And so they live a life on miracles versus the blessing. Bishop, what do you mean by that? Uh, if you need a miracle and you have to go from miracle to miracle, that means you live from crisis to crisis. <laughs> However, the blessing, though, is a lifestyle. See, the word blessing literally means an empowerment to prosper, to do well, to be made whole. Got it? Now, look at this. Look at this. Say, God expects me to be faithful to the right thing. So here's what rebellion does. And I got to move. And I said this in part one. Rebellion refuses to admit when it's wrong or to repent. Rebellion shows up to its job late and then gets an attitude with its supervisor. It's real quiet right there. Evidently, we got a late spirit. We got to buzz up. Okay. Rebellion. Watch this. Check this out. Because I need to make this real practical for you. Rebellion creates a bill when they call to get their money from that bill rebellion gets an attitude I, oh it's, it, see I knew I'd hit something right there Satan the blood of Jesus against you you created the bill wow y'all show dropped out totally right there it was like they hit the mute button <laughs> So he said, Bishop, well, how should I handle that? You handle that with humility. You know, well, listen, I told you I didn't have it last week, and I ain't going to have it next week. God is faithful. You're the one in error. But rebellion makes you see them as the enemy. Watch this. When the scripture says they're the teacher. Okay, so, listen to me. Rebellion, I said this to you, won't make him not love you, but it will cost you. Rebellion will cost you. And we looked at Proverbs 15, 29. The Bible says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. The word wicked there in the Hebrew is rasha, which means rebellious against God and human leaders. Now, here's the point I want to get to that I want to focus a little bit more time in today. And we'll move to these other two points so we can go a little deeper. Somebody say deeper. 
Now read this verse with me. One, two, ready, read. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Now listen to this very carefully. Listen. When rebellion starts, okay, and when rebellion's operating in your life, what happens is, is that then by virtue of your actions, listen, listen, it is not that God moves from you. It is that you move from him. Do you understand this? So, so let me give this example. Let me give this example. This is God's favor. This is God's protection. See, there's some stuff that was supposed to happen to you that you didn't even know was going down that God said, I took care of that before that even hit you. Sometimes just raining in the upper atmosphere, but by the time it gets down to the lower atmosphere, it doesn't even hit the ground. Why? Because the mid-atmosphere took care of it. There's some stuff that was supposed to happen to you that God said, I covered you. Aren't you glad that he'll cover you? So here's what rebellion does. Rebellion is like this. You're covered. Start doing your own thing. Start doing some more of your own thing. Somebody tries to tell you that you're doing your own thing and you don't want to hear. So now, watch this. Watch this. Here's the, here's the funny thing. Rebellion makes you friends with Satan. In your mind. Because watch this. Ch check this out. Are y'all still here? I'm, I'm going to help you understand something. See, see watch this. Because what was Satan's problem? He thought he could do his own thing. He's going to tell God, I'm not doing that. You know what God said? <laughs> we got a misunderstanding. <laughs> because it's one daddy around here, and you're going to do what I said when I say to do it, how I say to do it. The whole reason I created you was to serve me. So if you think you're going to tell me how you're going to do it, I come here, Mike. <laughs> he got to go. And, 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 the, and the Bible says war broke out in heaven. There wasn't no war. Wasn't no war. Wasn't no fighting like that. Fighting back and forth. No, 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 no. God said, you got to get the hell up out of here. Amen. Literally, get the hell up out of here. Amen. Literally, get the hell up out of here. No, you're missing it. Get the hell up out of here. Because God said, I will not have rebellion. So you ain't going to stay in my house and talk to me like that. You, you, you ain't going to stay in my house and I, no, it ain't happening in here. Now, when you pay the cost to be the boss, you can have it your way. But since I'm the one that paid the, since I'm the one that pays the cost to be the boss, I'm not having any hell in here. So get the hell. You understand I'm using hell as a noun. You got it? Okay. Now, now check this out. Check it. Y'all still here? Now check this out. When you're rebelling, the only person who can identify with your rebellion in the celestial is Satan. So then when you start rebelling, he comes and gets in your ear. See, you ain't even really being faithful and God's still blessing you. That's just because it ain't rain yet. <laughs> the book says it rains on the just and the unjust. It looks like you're still being blessed. Because the rainstorm ain't came. They used to sing a song in the old church. Can I just go back for a moment? They used to sing in the old church. Said, there's a storm out. Y'all don't know nothing about that in Denver. On the ocean. Y'all really don't know it, so let me leave it alone. <laughs> old sanctified song. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Here, here's the deal. And here's what you need to know about Satan. He's already proven he's a betrayer. 
So he will talk you further and further away from the covering. Talk you further and further away to where you way out here. And when you get way out here, guess what he does? You think, well, at least I, at least, at least, at least I got my boys. At least I got this. At least I got this. At least I got this. At least I got my bottle. And then you know what he does to you? He does what he does to everybody. He's like, oh, you thought we were friends? <laughs> then he drops you, but he drops you in water you ain't prepared to swim in. So then when the storm comes and the hurricane starts turning, okay, now, y'all still here? Now, 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 look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Uh, Isaiah 6310, because I'm, I'm telling you this, rebellion is what? Expensive. So let's look at this, let's look at this. Y'all all right tonight? All right, now, Isaiah 6310, but they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. So remember... Uh, understand that rebellion moves you further and further away from under God's protection, his favor, his blessing, under the covering. Do you understand this? Okay? Uh, that, that's, why, that's why you got to be very careful. Uh, Isaiah 16, but they rebelled and grieved the Holy Ghost. So here's what happens. When you start rebelling, you become insensitive to the Spirit of God. You become insensitive to the Word of God. You can sit and hear a message like this, and, oh, that's right, Bishop, say it, say it, and go right out there and act just as crazy as you want to act. Because you become insensitive to it. And then you begin to dig deeper holes. Okay, you still here? Now, look at this verse. This verse means you can be fighting God and not even know it. And when you refuse to correct yourself, I know they don't preach this in churches anymore. That's why we got so many church folk that know how to shout but don't know how to live. They know how to say thank you, Jesus, and they know how to dance, and all that's wonderful, and you should do all that. But, but, but when, when, when stuff hits, they don't know how to survive. They don't know how to thrive. Now, look at this. He says, uh, 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 when, when, you, when you rebel against them, you become insensitive to the Spirit. Now, check this out. When you refuse to correct yourself after being warm, then God has to correct you by force. And, and we learn about this. You can look it up in your own time in Romans chapter 1. I don't have time to go there. That is a word in the Scripture called Judgment. Okay, now I know some of you are thinking, oh my God, this is, oh my God, oh man, I just, I was like the shouting part. <laughs> no, I, I want to help you for something. C because some of the stuff you deal with is not just a spiritual attack. Some of it is God saying, I have to break your legs because you seem to not want to walk the way I told you to. And check out what the scripture says. He chastises those that he loves. You know what that means? God corrects you when he loves you. You want to know somebody that hates you? They let you act crazy and say nothing to you. That's not a friend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 now. Uh, uh, uh. Say, say, Lord, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to self-correct. Now, remember, that's not perfection. It's what? faithfulness. So what does faithfulness say? Faithfulness says, when I'm wrong and I recognize it, I immediately correct it. When I'm wrong and I don't recognize it, but it's brought to my attention, I correct it. Do you understand this? Okay. I remember one time, I told you this story before, God had me to uh, apologize and repent to some people that I didn't do anything wrong to. Y'all remember I told that story? And, and, and I was driving down the street, I told the story, I, I won't tell it again, but I was going, and I said, God, now why in the world 
they did me wrong. I said, now you explain to me, please, sir, if you wouldn't mind, if you have a moment. <laughs> now, I didn't say you explain. You know, you don't talk about it. I said, Lord, why do I have to do that? He said, I want to teach you a lesson. Never let your inability to apologize rob you of a promise. Never let your, can I tell you something? Remember we talked about Judas, how Judas was still in the whole time? Judas didn't have to go out like he did. He had three and a half years to go to Jesus and say, Master, I've been stealing money. But his rebellion got him so far out there. He just kept digging a deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper hole. Okay, we're going to look at that in a moment, all right? Okay, y'all still here? All right, now, the second thing I told you on Sunday is that rebellion can be traced. And I gave you some things, and I'll go through them very quickly. The first thing we looked at, as I said, you have nothing to show. Uh, and we're going to look at that in a moment because don't, don't take that to mean that if you think you do have something to show, that there's no rebellion in your life. Because do you know that sometimes God does stuff for you to protect his name? I've taught on that before. I don't have time to go into that. There's sometimes God says, the only reason I'm not going to let that happen is because you've been telling everybody you serve me. And you're not going to make me look like I can't handle mine. So don't think that, because I know some people are saying, oh, praise God. I, I just got a raise. Oh, praise God. I just, oh, baby, don't think <laughs> for one moment. Oh, I just got a new job. Don't you think, sucker, for one moment. Or, or whatever the thing is. I just got, whatever, I just got new. Don't, don't think that that means that there's not areas you have to look at. We all have to look at our lives and do what? The, what did the scripture say? Consider our ways. We all have to do that. Okay, from the pastor to the plumber. Now, second thing, we talked about when you quit right and you're faithful to wrong. Okay, that's how you can trace rebellion, all right? Um, uh, uh, if, you, if you look at your life, you'll notice that the same distraction has been used against you your entire life every time you get close to a major breakthrough. Look at your life. It's the same distraction that's used to get you every time you get close to a major breakthrough. Breakthrough. It's always the same. Always the same. Now, it comes in a different suit. Comes in a different package. But it's the same distraction. Okay, all right. Uh, number three, we, uh, we talked about in terms of how rebellion can be traced. Your decisions are based on feelings. And we talked about how your feelings can change. Your feelings go up and down. One day you want Chinese, the next day you want uh, Mexican. The next day you want pizza, the next day you don't know what you want. You're just going to have some water. Feelings change. So you can't make decisions based on feelings. But can we be honest? How many of us sometimes do that? Let's be, come on, be honest, be honest. I know you're spiritual. But... Okay. The problem is feelings fool you. Feelings will fool you. Samson felt in love with Delilah. He just didn't know what her name meant. Delilah means one who weakens or makes poor. Which means you can be attracted to the thing that destroys you. You can be attracted, Superman, to your own kryptonite. Number four thing that how you can trace rebellion is real quiet in the church right through here. Uh, you're deceitful with leadership. We talked about that. You got to understand God is a leadership and order is a very big deal to God. It's a very big deal to God. Everything through the scriptures order. Even when Saul, 
Y'all remember King Saul? He sinned. He disobeyed God. But remember David, David, when David had an opportunity to come against Saul, David said, touch not the anointed one and do the prophet. No. He said, I'm not messing with him. Why? Because he said, in the order of things, he is still over me, and I will not come against him. Now, Saul was trying to kill David, throwing spears and javelins at him. Literally. He'd come in, and Saul would be like, play something real soft for me, son. Play something real soft. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No, stay right there. Stay right there. Literally, this is how it went. Read your Bible. And literally, he would throw a javelin at him while he's sitting there playing the harp. David would run out, and then he'd be like, all right, all right, all right. I ain't going to do it no more. I ain't going to do it no more. I ain't going to do it no more. Come on back in, son. I want you to play again. Come on, won't you play? He started playing again, and literally, he did that several times. Okay? Order, order, structure, those kinds of things are very, very important to God. Okay? Now, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Uh, uh, it's important to understand that when rebellion's going on, sometimes, and, and we just use that in that example, sometimes it will look like you're prospering and doing well, even though you're not doing right. Because the only way to deceive you is to make you think that you're wrong doesn't come with a consequence. Now, we love God's grace, don't we? We love God's mercy, don't we? But there is something called obedience. And I know we don't want to talk about it today, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. There's something called obedience that makes it so that your life can operate in a place and your life can operate in a dimension to where you're not having to go through. There's some stuff you don't have to go through. When you obey, oh, y'all hearing what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, the, the the fifth thing we looked at when you don't listen to leadership, when we looked at uh, the scripture there, we talked about that. Uh, and the scripture says, "Those who resist authority resist the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves." Remember, judgment is what correction by by force. Amen. So we looked at that. Then we looked at uh, the next thing when your priorities are out of order. We talked about when uh, your priorities are out of order and you handle. Your, other affairs before God's affairs and everything else comes before the kingdom, uh, that that's operating a rebellion. Remember we talked about that. Now, here, here's what I wanted to get. Here's what I wanted to get. Y'all okay? Y'all give me five more minutes. Uh, the third thing I gave you was, was that the remedy for rebellion is what? Repentance. Say repentance. repentance. Say it again with me. Say repentance. repentance. All right. Now, this is Wednesday night, so, so we're spending a little bit more time here. We're, go, we're going a little bit more thorough. Now, uh, remember we looked at Haggai chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, where the Bible says God, that the heavens had withheld some things. And I told you that when God withholds it, it doesn't mean you lost it. It doesn't mean that he took it. It, it. it just means that it's not been released. But it's still yours unless you forfeit it. Can I tell you something? Since Satan's already been defeated, the only objective he has is to get you to forfeit. Okay? Uh, if a fight has already been determined who the winner is going to be, then the only way then to, to change the outcome of the fight is to get the other party to forfeit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. Now, uh, in looking at that, uh, and we looked at, uh, in Haggai, we looked at how they, they, uh, uh, they uh, when they repented, that the Bible says that the Lord says, from this day I will bless you. Remember, y'all shouted real good right there. But I want to show you one more thing. I want to go back into this 13 and this Judas thing. I want to show you something here real quickly. Uh, Satan won't oppose you just like he didn't oppose Judas so that you think your rebellion is right until it's too late. And, and I, want to go, I want to go to one place, Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. 
Y'all all right? I, I, just, I, just want you, I, just, I just want us all to be able to walk better in the order of God. Because it produces the desired result. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 27, verse 3. Uh, and I want to have you read it. One, two, ready, read. Then Judas... Okay, now look at me. Here's what happened. Judas goes and betrays Jesus. That's what? Not only is it bet betrayal, but it's rebellion. He's out of order, right? That's apostasy, falling away from what's right. You got All right, now look at this. It says, then Judas is betrayed, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful. And look, he, he sold his leader out. His, 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 the man who had changed his life, he sold him out to get 30 pieces of silver. You still here? Now, look at what happens. After, because for a while, it looked like he got away with it. Look, it says, seeing that he had been condemned. Okay? So remember, you remember the whole setup, right? It's like, okay, uh, go kiss him. And the one you kiss, that's Jesus. That's the one we're going to come see. That's the one we're going to get. Okay? All right, so he goes up. They do all of that. And then all the, uh, 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 the, the scribes, Pharisees, so on and so forth, they come. And they try to get Jesus. They get Jesus. And then Peter, all of a sudden, uh, he gets, you know, he wants to cut one of the guy's ears off. Peter cuts one of the guy's ear off. Jesus is like, Peter, don't even be doing all that because in a few hours, you're going to act like you don't even know me. So he's like, I put the boy's ear back on. Jesus heals man. Okay, all this goes on. Now, now check this out. Check this out. Judas thinks he's gotten away with it. You still here? He thinks he's gotten away with it. Now, remember, he had three and a half years to say, Lord, forgive me. Now, remember, I need you to get this. We're not talking about perfection. So I don't want you listening to this message thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God. I said that I had made $20 when I really made 15 And oh, my God, oh, my God, Jesus. <laughs> Look at this. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful. And brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief, chief priest. What he got in exchange for his rebellion, when he got it, he discovered he really didn't even want it. Amen. What you trade God for, when you get it, you'll realize, I don't even really want this. So look what he does. He goes back and he's like, listen, y'all take this money back. Look at, look at the next verse. Saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. Check this out. They were saying, Judas, don't get it twisted. You never meant anything to us. <laughs> hey, Judas, what are you talking about? What, we don't care nothing about that money. We don't care nothing about you. You were only valuable because of who you were close to. Don't you get it twisted? He said, Judas, you were only valuable to us because of who you were next to, not you. You ain't nobody. <laughs> we don't even want that. Look at the next verse. Then he threw down the silver in the temple and he left. And he went and self-destructed. God, I wish I had somebody here. I wish I had somebody here. Satan will make you think for a season that you're not serving God and you're not being faithful to him. He'll make you think that it's working until he really tells you who, how he really feels about it.
about you. And then he'll say to you, you ain't nobody to me. I use you. Say, Lord, thank you. Somebody say, Bishop, why are we thanking him? We're thanking him because for him to give us a message like this means that he's giving us an opportunity to say, Lord, we repent. Lord, forgive us for all of the wrong we've been doing. Father, we're not perfect, but we're so committed to being faithful. And if I get knocked down, I'm going to get back up. And if I stumble, I'm going to get right back up. And if I make a mistake, I'm going to get right back up. Why? Because I understand Satan's not my friend. And you got to stop beating up on yourself when you make mistakes. And you got to stop beating up on yourself when you get low. Why? Because if you stay down there, then you'll be like Judas. Satan used him. Because the Bible says earlier, the Bible says, and then Satan filled Judas. Satan used him. And then all of a sudden, what he got in exchange for God, he's like, I don't even want that anymore. He's like, I went through all of that to get that, to only discover I don't even want it. And then he tries to take it back to them, you know. And they say, we don't want that. We ain't studying you. You're nobody to us. Studying is a southern word meaning uh, paying attention to. And he went and he did what? And he hanged himself. Isn't that something? What does hanging mean, Bishop? He became self-destructive. Now, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Have you ever seen somebody where this whole narrative I've just spoken, you can look, and you're not being judgmental, but I just want you to see it. Have you ever looked and said, man, this sounds like so-and-so I know? You ever seen somebody go down this path? But they're serving God. They're faithful to God. They're faithful. They're, 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 they're not perfect, but they're faithful. And then all of a sudden, they start getting talked up under. And they start getting pulled away. And then all of a sudden, it gets to a place to where you look at him and say, you don't even need an enemy because you have yourself. And so you're self-destructive. You're self-destructive. You're hurting yourself. Nobody's doing that to you. You're doing that to yourself. Oh, my God, I wish I had somebody here. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody's got to hear this thing tonight. Maybe it's somebody watching online. Somebody's got to hear this thing tonight because he became self-destructive because of his rebellion. Because of his rebellion. Because he would not repent. Now, here's the deal, and I'm through. I said this to you on Sunday. If we repent, he'll release. Remember we looked at that? Remember we looked at that? Okay, if you weren't here on Sunday, you got to get the CD from uh, Sunday so you can get that. Now, here's, here's what I want us to do. Now, I asked you to do this, and I wanted to go a little bit deeper tonight because I wanted us to, to understand uh, some of the things that happen in life and some of the things that happen in, in the vicissitudes, the ups and downs of life. Understand this, that where you're at in your life, you've made too much progress. You've come way too far to now let a little hiccup. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Touch the neighbor and say, I've come too far. You, listen, look at all of what you've conquered in such a short amount of time. 
where it took other people, it would be other folk, the stuff you had to go through, they'd still be trying to get their mind back together. But all of a sudden, you got yours back. Can I, is there anybody here that when you look back over your life, you're saying, if somebody else had to go through that, I don't know if they'd still be standing. Look at all you've accomplished in a short amount of time. And you might say, but Bishop, I don't have this to show. I don't have this to show. But you know what you do have to show? Spiritual maturity. And when you got spiritual maturity, you can lose it all but find a way to get it back. Baby, when you got spiritual maturity, they can take your car, but you'll come back bigger and better. When you got spiritual maturity, they can take your house, but you'll get a better one. When you got spiritual maturity, you can always come back better. Everybody stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Now, here's what I want us to do. Rebellion is just not worth it. Now, I asked you to do this on Sunday, and I just want you to think about it again now for just a couple of moments. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.